Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of What in the Wellness. As always, I love to hear your feedback, suggestions for new topics, questions that you would like answered, maybe even a guest that you would like to have on, or maybe you'd like to be the guest yourself. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach me by email or message. Uh, You guys know where to do that. Now, let's get started for today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of What in the Wellness. I'm Angeline Knopf, your host. And as always, this podcast is about a global perspective on integrative health and wellness. And I'm super excited because right now, even though I'm recording at night, I have my friend from the other side where it's morning at her time, Carlene Moore. She has more to fitness and she's phenomenal. I'm super excited to have a great conversation with her today. She is a women's wellness coach, a personal trainer, a small group coach, a wife, a mom, a friend, and an animal flow lover. And she loves doing things like being outdoors, studying women's health and hormones, obviously animal flow, and then elevating and supporting women. She is a PN, Precision Nutrition, level one and two, an animal flow level one, currently working on her level two, and she specializes in pre and postnatal. And also she's a gymnastics coach, and she has three healthy, strong little ladies. And she is absolutely phenomenal. I have so enjoyed and honored having her as a friend um, and a colleague. And I'm really excited to chat with you today. So, Carlene, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Anything else I missed? Anything you'd want the audience to know about you? No, I think I think that's bad. Sad everything. It's not everything. But, okay. Um, so I they yeah. know that you hear the accent right away. Tell us maybe a little bit about where you're from, maybe your family, how you got into this field. Um, so, um, obviously I'm in Australia. I'm, so I'm Western Australia. Um, and at the start of the year I had been uh, located in a little mining town, um, which is where my little business, uh, was dreamed up and, and came to fusion. Um, so yeah, that was sort of the starting of where, where it all happened. Um, but since then I've moved further north, um, a to be close to family and, uh, just to get my kids settled because they're all getting a little bit older. So yeah, finally in our own home and just trying to ride the waves. Ride the waves. You're awesome. Yeah. Um, and so I know you love animal flow and we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but there's a passion there that we share for women's health and wellness. And you just completed a course earlier, not too long ago. Um, what is her name? Nardia, I think. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yes. So, um, I, I just, that's, that was the, my latest, um, uh, certification that I done. I'm, I'm all about, um, it's quite funny when I was at school, I definitely did not enjoy school. Not the study person, was not the, the sort of person that loved books. Um, yeah, and I def- definitely didn't see myself as being the person that would sort of find any um, desire to do any further study. So I sort of finished school and I, I sort of was, you know, not that's it. Um, but I think when you start to align where you really align your values and what you are truly interested in and what you're passionate about. I feel like it just, it does, it just flows. And so, um, 
I really enjoy women's health. I find it really interesting. Um, and so, yeah, I just done um, a course or well, it actually been ongoing for a little bit, but I just finally got my act into gear and finished that one. Um, and that was the female health and performance coaching certification with Nadia Norman, who's an absolutely powerhouse here in Australia. She's like leading. She is like the woman in the fitness industry that you just, you have to idolize because she just says it how it is. And, um, very, very much pro, uh, pro women and empowering them to, you know, that we can do better. So, um, why not give it a whirl? I love it. That's so great. I'm so excited about that. I actually went and looked her up right away after I saw that you completed it because I was like, Oh, if Carleen did it, it has to be amazing. Um, and then I found a new person to follow because I was like, Oh, she's so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for sure. That's awesome. Um, now you have three, three little girls. Um, they're growing mm-hmm. strong, they're healthy. What, I guess I just want to ask this question because I don't have kids of my own yet, but I do have three younger sisters um, and now a sister-in-law, so four um, younger than me. And I know for me, it's been, they're kind of, I, I care about obviously women's health as a whole and I want us mm-hmm. to do it. Um, for me, it's been very personal for myself and also for them to try and create a better future, like a better environment, a better social environment, a better body of work from a science perspective that really help them move forward as in their lives. Um, and then hopefully, you know, with kids of my own eventually as well into a, a world that has more options and better information and more to offer in the way of women's health. Was there something that really stood out for you in that course that you were like, oh my gosh, yes. Like this is something that we have to get out there. Like the masses, people have to hear this. We have to know this. We have to champion this. It probably was the whole course, I'm sure. But like, is there something that really stood out to you personally? Um, well, yeah. So one, so, so prior to leading into the course, I'd actually watched a lot of um, seminars that um, Nadia has presented at. And she is, as I say, she is a leader in our industry. So she's actually, so we have here in Australia, um, uh, every single year, uh, bar this year, I think they've done it um, remotely this year, um, we have a big thing called um, Filex, which is basically where they get all the leaders in, of the industry, um, people that are doing amazing things. Obviously, there's different awards and stuff, but then they have a range of different presentations. Um, and it was quite funny. Like, I was sort of just, um, like, just going, I can't even remember, but I, I think I was trying to just look at ways of... Um, just furthering just my education. And I was like, sort of like, you know, everything's so, well, she, she likes to use the terminology, you know, um, about instead of just being vanilla, try and find ways to stand out. Um, and one of the big things that she is, um, you know, that's her calling card is that women are not small men and we shouldn't be training or treating women as such. Um, and the fact that we still are like, there's still, um, it's still, it's, it's, you know, it happens quite often that it's just still very much old school, um, in that, you know, people are very set in their ways. And I think she is one of the leader in the industry that's trying to, um, not change that, but make people look outside the box and just take into account that 
obviously the hormonal makeup and the physiology of a female is completely different to that of a male. But then when you look at all the scientific studies, a lot of them, and I will say the vast majority of them, are all male dominant. And the reason for that is when people like her have asked the question on why hasn't a study been done on a, on a female platform and stuff like that is that they've had like people that are in the power or powers that be or professors and all the rest of it that turn around and say, well, females are just too hard because how can we uh, consistently match up, you know, hormone balances like, you know, that time of the month or, um, you know, it's, it, and, and it just gets, again, put in the too hard basket. So she's really um, trying to, uh, you know, just ask the question of, you know, have you thought about this? Um, and not saying, you know, that you have to do things this way or that way or stock standard, but really that um, everyone's an individual. So we need to start training people that way and especially with our women clients. So therefore that, you know, we need to be working with their bodies, not against it. Um, and a lot of the old school methods tend to work against us. So, um, you know, that's, I, I really, really um, did enjoy that part of, of the course and, and stuff that I've learned. And since then, I've, it, it's just empowered me to want to know more. But not only that, is that um, putting that information back out there. Because again, like she says, is that though the fitness industry is an amazing place, we also have a lot to, what's the word, like, we are like, we can control some of the education. And so some of the old school education that's circulating, you know, is it time for us to stand up and say, do you know what? That's the way we used to do things, but now we know better. So when you know better, potentially maybe we should be doing those things better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know they, well, they said potentially we should be doing those things better. There is always that choice to know something and then, still not do anything with it. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, oh, that's so much. There's so much goodness right there. Um, because I, all I can think about when you're, you're speaking, so there's so much passion in, in what you're, yeah. um, and I, I share that so much. And it's just, um, where do you start really, you know, because you've got this information and getting it out there. And I think for me, um, I've been really in perinatal lately. That's where I've been spending a lot of my time, perinatal mental health and um, postpartum. Um, and so recently it was a, a family situation. I haven't been clear to share details yet, but just someone extremely close to me um, was undergoing a, a very serious prolapse issue. And I referred her out through my network, through my referral network. Um, husband actually came back and was like, Oh my God, thank you so much because he actually went to the appointment um, and he was able to sit in with the doctor and she explains all of this. I hate, she explains the anatomy of a female mm -hmm. and like what all these things that happen in our lives as a female do to our pelvic floor and all the, and he was just, I mean, I mean, just shook, just mind mm -hmm. shook. And he was like, I never knew. And he was like, all this, everyone has to know this. Everyone has to know this. And he's like, you've got to get it out. Here. Everybody has to know this. And I'm like, we're trying, we're trying. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like it's the same thing with 
with training women and, and hormones. I mean, even at, at an elite level, we have like the US women's soccer team. They started training around their cycles, trying to optimize their training, mm -hmm. working with their physiology and their hormones versus against it. And even at something at that elite of a level and people are like, eh, but does it really matter? And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do we, mm -hmm. how do we get this to the point that people understand that it's not really, this isn't necessarily somebody just coming up with something to be different. They're really looking at 50% plus of the population and going, we're not getting the right type of information and we're not getting the mm -hmm. right training. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, there's a responsibility there, I think is kind of what you're saying of professionals. Mm -hmm. like once we know better, it's not enough to maybe just even do better ourselves, but we have to start maybe calling out some of mm -hmm. that old school type training. Mm -hmm. Hey, but we know better now. Like there's other things. Um, I know like with COVID and everything, there's some, some just crazy lockdowns and stuff. So we're doing a lot of stuff virtually, but have you seen a shift um, kind of in, in your field and where you're at and talking to people? Like, are people open to listening to this new, like I call it new information. Cause I think for a lot of people, it still really is new. It's not really commonplace. Um, mm -hmm. You are talking to people about this. Are they receptive? Um, do you know what? I, I'm a big believer in that um, also that I don't get into disagreements or arguments in um, different of perspective. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Because I figure the ones that are ready to hear what we have to say will be open to listening. So those that aren't open to listening, that's all well and good. That's, and, and they're completely entitled to their opinion, um, as is everyone. So um, I... I I feel like that answers a yes and a no because I feel like I only try and associate myself around the people that um, fit within my circle. Like I try and keep now, I think after, um, I don't know, I've had some experience um, and probably not just experience, I think I've grown confidence within my own self because I know what I've also been through as a mum personally, like in regards to, um, because it's not just the fitness industry either, it's health officials as well. Because I can, I mean, going to a personal experience, um, you know, so my first pregnancy, I was pregnant with um, identical twins. Um, now living where I was, I was classed as a high-risk pregnancy. And um, so with that, is that I had to travel to our city to have our twins. Um, and because of the potential risks, I had to leave uh, what well, I was told I'd have to be out of my hometown um, two months prior to giving to my due date. Um, and so with that, because I'm so stubborn, I was like, right, I'm going to be the fittest, healthiest you know, mum to be out. I don't even care that I'm carrying twins right now, but I am going to prove everyone wrong. Um, and so, you know, I was uh, not doing anything like major, major, but um, just kept active. So I was swimming, uh, was walking daily. Um, uh, I was doing uh, some type of movement working out up until sort of where I was comfortable. I really tuned in and listened to my body. Um, and, but yeah, swimming was swimming because it started getting hot. Swimming was like the major, major thing that, you know, I, that was my, 
I would just get in there and just float basically just to cool off. Um, but then, you know, I had, so, um, whatever is meant to be is meant to be. So our twins end up being six weeks preemie. So I did leave the eight weeks early and two weeks later they came. Um, that was due to the fact that I had um, developed a condition called preeclampsia. Um, I ended up being really, really unwell, like really sick. Like I went in there just for a normal checkup, argued with them to try and uh, release me home. And they're like, you're not going home. And um, it's actually quite funny because even still to this day, my mum and hubby um, still laugh at it because I was like arguing with the nurses going, I am going home. Like I am not ha like they're not coming. You've got your information all wrong. Um, and then, you know, 24 hours later, I was like, okay, I'm not feeling very well. I'm really sick here. Like, you know, um, but yeah, so, you know, long story short, like I had the girls and then not once did anyone talk to me or not that I can recall um, that anyone spoke to me about pelvic floor or if they did, it wasn't really, um, no one really went into it in detail. Like there was no real discussion about it. Um, so there was nothing on pelvic floor, um, abdominal, I didn't, from my knowledge, I cannot actually recall at all being checked for um, abdominal separation um, and I'll bring I'll go into that a little bit more in a second because that became a massive part of my journey um, but yeah so you know I wasn't checked for that and then it wasn't until I went uh, back into movement and exercise um, and I just went to I went to a postnatal class with a physiotherapy uh, therapist and um, because they weren't women's health, they didn't specialise it in it. And I, and I mean, you know, he was knowledgeable, but I don't know if it was just the male, female thing, like he didn't feel comfortable in talking about it. But again, there's that health professional, like, you know, um, and he was amazing at his job, but it's just obviously not something that he, you know, was his thing. Um, and I remember doing an exercise that he gave, prescribed me, um, and it was for postnatal. And I was like, that just does not feel right. It does not feel right to me. Um, and he's like, oh, no, it's, it's okay. It's safe. And I'm like, yes, but what I'm telling you is for me, I really know my body and that does not feel right. Um, and so then I, I was extremely lucky in that we had a, um, another physio within the town um, who she had also just had her own baby. But when she started up, um, back up into her business as a small business. Um, her specialty was women's health. And I, you know, I started going to see her and that's when she's like, so pelvic floor. And I'm like, yeah. And, and, um, you know, she went through all the testing and she's like, you're telling me you're doing pelvic floor exercises, but she had the ultrasound machine. I mean, she's like, you're not doing them correctly. I'm like, what do you mean? I've been doing these things all this month and I'm not doing these things correctly. And she's like, yeah, you're obviously just like, okay, wait there, let's change things. Let's change the position that you're in and let's see if we can get you to feel how it's meant to feel so that, you know, you've got that whole mind-body connection. Because um, with me as well, like I ended up having to have an emergency cesarean and so I had no feeling from basically um, – from basically where my incision was like down, I was completely numb. Um, and that numbness was there for, for, for years, like that didn't go away. So it was really about retraining my body in that mind body connection on 
these exercises which are, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're doing pelvic floor, but in reality there's, pe there's people out there and I was one of them, so I will honestly put my hand up and say that, saying, yeah, I may have been trying to do them, but I was doing them completely wrong. Like I wasn't actually doing them. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I, you know, was educated that, you know, she's like, you know, um, there's certain positions and obviously the stock standard position for you doesn't work and that's okay, but let's find what works for you. So with me, I do, I sort of lay like the clam position for me. Um, uh, just really, it just helped more so with that mind body connection. So, um, yeah, like, you know, so that, I mean, there's, there's, there's a, one instance of, and that's why I'm so passionate about women's health and individualizing and finding what works because, um, you know, even when you think you're doing the right thing, sometimes it's just not, and you need those professionals or, you know, those people to go, it's okay. You're fine. You're normal. Um, but yeah, I, I really sort of wish, um, I wish I sort of had better, um, probably better support and better education after having our twins, um, especially in, to, in regards to the abdominal separation because um, going back into that story, I then went on to have a second pregnancy um, and ended up with severe, severe abdominal separation um, to the point they were like, we don't know, like, you know, I had the physios come measure me like the day after, like in hospital, they were really amazing. At the, uh, it was a different hospital for Michaela. Um, and she was sort of like, um, we need you to wear like your, um, core support. Um, and we're just going to come re-measure you. And, uh, they were a little bit concerned. Um, you know, cause obviously you have your normal parameters and then there's, there's, you know, um, yeah, there's other instances that are just, and I mean, it was just my body had, had to take time to, that little bit extra time to recover. Um, however, it was not an easy path. Like I had to do so much rehab work for that abdominal separation and I, like I've got it now back to normal. Mm -hmm. um, they actually didn't think I would get it back within like, you know, with okay um, parameters. They thought I might have to need surgery. Um, wasn't really spoken about in detail. It was brushed upon. Um, but again, cause I had the women's health physio in town and she ended up being an amazing friend. Um, that's where I turned to her and I was like, right, I've actually got this time around, this is what's going on. Like, what do I do? Um, like, cause I was scared. Um, and, um, and yeah, but you know, I, I, I look back and I think, I probably had it the first time round, yet no one checked me. So possibly if we had a rehabbed it properly the first time round, wouldn't have been as bad second time round. Um, you know, I, and I just think, you know, in Australia we do a six-week um, postnatal check and it, it needs to be better. Like not just from a health, like not just fitness, but from a health perspective, like all areas, like we can do better because we know better. And there's some doctors that, you know, not, and I'm not saying it's all doctors, um, not, you know, not by a long shot. Like I've had, I've had some amazing doctors, but I, I know I have heard stories from some women say that they went in and um, the doctor was basically like just asked a bunch of questions, done a quick, not even a full um, pelvic floor exam, but just a quick exam. 
yep, 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 you're good, it's fine. That's, it's, it's, and then those women go back into exercise and wonder why they have issues. Yes, yes. Or just, I mean, it's just activities of daily living, right? I mean, like, I, yeah. I cringe every single time I see um, a, a meme or a, some sort of humorous graphic or a card, a uh, Hallmark card. I mean, it's been pushed to the point that it's now humorous. So there's Hallmark cards that talk about things like, you're the reason, you know, give your mom a card because you're the reason that she pees when she laughs or mm-hmm. Austin sneezes. I've seen commercials for things. And I'm just like, we've normalized these symptoms to the point that we literally don't think anything of them. And we think they're supposed to happen versus mm-hmm. understanding our own physiology and mm-hmm. what things go on and what we can do to either help support them, help prevent them, um, therapy, rehab, like what we're, our functions are supposed to be like. The amount of women I've talked to that expect to have pelvic floor dysfunction after children, mm-hmm. almost all, unless they're already in this field, either in birth work or in, in fitness and have specialized in something where we're like, no, that's actually not, it's very common, but it's not supposed to be normal. And they're like, mm-hmm. what? Of course it is. My grandmother and my great-grandmother. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's not what yeah. we, we can yeah. have something different um, with our lives. But they write, they go back into fitness classes, even a lot of, you know, quote, post, you know, postnatal safe ones. Um, mm-hmm. And they have, they have issues. Um, and then there, there are safe baby wearing classes, but I am hesitant with a lot of, I'll call them like YouTube ones. Um, mm-hmm. Now we have the added pressure of a baby attached to you somehow with possibly severe abdominal separation, mm-hmm. possibly, you know, and pelvic floor dysfunction on top of that. And now we're adding baby onto that and mm-hmm. it's assuming that it's a safe thing to do, but it, it really is about knowing your own body and knowing what is okay for you and what's not okay for you. Mm-hmm. Not- because he's like, no, it's okay. It's safe. And you're like, yeah, but not for me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think it's, maybe it starts there then. Maybe it starts with just getting this information out so that women mm-hmm. can be confident and empowered to advocate for themselves, whether that's in a doctor's office or in mm-hmm. a gym, in a class. I mean, wherever that is, maybe that's yeah. the best way forward. What would you say? I would definitely say that. And I, and I think like you, like you were saying, like, it's not just the, the fact that it's been normalized. I think there's, there's also still so much shame around it. Do you know what I mean? Like some women are, are just so like, ha ha ha, like, you know, that's funny because they're trying to hide the fact that they're so embarrassed by it because, you know, at the end of the day, it, it affects everything. Like it doesn't just affect, um, you know, exercise and all the rest of it, but it can affect like how you're, you're feeling, your self-esteem. Um, let's be honest, it'll, it'll affect your sex life. Um, you know, like things like that, that you, you think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But as a human population, we, we live for connection through relationships. So, you know, if you go back to like even the whole like sex relationship, like, you know, if you're feeling so self-conscious, how's that going to then it's going to have like a tower on effect, like with the rest of your family, not just your husband, but you know, and then it's going to snowball. So I really think like lifting that curtain on shame, just like, yeah, not so much. Um, like I don't go into, um, heated discussions or anything. I'm all about just throwing the information out there 
because the other thing I'm really, really huge on is that the only expert that there is for each and every one of us on our own, like on your body is yourself. So, you know, it is time. And I mean, I, I, mean, I got told that when I was pregnant that at the end of the day, it is your body. It is your choice. What you decide is your, like you have some say these days, like, you know, back in the day when they were saying, Oh, you know, if a doctor sit, tries to pressure you into a cesarean, like, you know, there, there, there was a, there was a small window there where women will just go along with it because some doctors, it was just convenient. Um, whereas now we're starting to see that pushback as well, that women do have a say, we have a choice and that should roll out, not just in the doctor's office, not just in when you're pregnant or if you're pregnant, it rolls into all aspects of our health. Like you have a choice, but at the end of the day, it is your body and you are the expert on that body. I can't, I can't turn around and say, Ainsley, like I, I'm looking at you moving right now and um, yeah, it just doesn't look right. Like, I, I don't know, like, you know, you, 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 your back looks sore. Do you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you're the one feeling it. Right. So why not own, why not own it? Own it. Like, like, uh, like, you know, so like, again, with the example of me in that postnatal class, I'm very body intuitive. Um, I've always been that way. However, if I didn't have that, and that's which, I think that's the thing that made it click in my head that I was like, not a lot of women are like that. Not a lot of women are in tune with their body. Um, but I've always been in tune with my body. And, and I just was just like, it was just that, that whole, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even with the physio going, it's fine, it's fine, you know, you're perfectly safe. And I was like, it's still not okay. But I had the confidence to say, I'm sorry. And I mean, I wasn't even a personal trainer then, but I had the confidence because I knew my body in, in saying that, no, this does not feel right for me. Something is wrong. That's not how it should feel. I, I know how my body should feel and I don't feel like that's sitting, you know, balanced where it should be. Um, and then uh, having, having the confidence to ask questions, it's okay to ask the question. And if you don't like the answer, I, I always say, go and get another opinion. Go get another opinion. You can, you can keep asking questions. Yes. You, you touched on something there that I think we probably should, probably should spend a minute on before we get ready to wrap. I'm going to have to bring you back. This happens with all of my guests. My listeners are used to this by now because I always say, oh my gosh, there's so many other things I want to ask you, but we'll have to do another episode because otherwise I'll keep you here all night, uh, which is fine. If you're willing to come back, we'll do that. Um, yeah. But you touched on something, which is knowing your own body and not a lot of women necessarily know their own bodies. Two, two questions. Why do you think that is? And then also, what would your recommendations be for women trying to maybe start getting to know their own bodies? Because I know we had the discussion um, about last year, I think. We started talking because I, I very first said, um, hey, um, I'm really into making sure that I'm in tune with um, my cycle and any clients that I work with, their cycle and understanding the ebb and flow. And you're like, that's great. I am too. I already track. Here's all my information. And I was like, mm-hmm. what, what app do you use? I'm using the same app now. I mean, it's just, it was so cool. Um, so we immediately were like in sync on that. We're like, okay, this is going to be good. But even through that, I've learned so much about my own self that I didn't mm-hmm. know. 
I'm doing this and I'm just like, wow, why did I start so late? Um, because mm-hmm. I had all this information and all of this data from years now. And I'm like, I, I mean, it's great that I have a couple years worth, but I'm like, what would I know about myself had I started earlier? And that's just cycle tracking. That's not even. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so two things. Why, why do you think that is that most women, or I guess a lot of women, don't really mm-hmm. know their own bodies, are in tune with their bodies that much? And then what would your recommendations be to start reconnecting with themselves? Mm, yeah. Um, all right. So... What I would say, and, and don't get me wrong, like I don't think by any means I'm perfect at this or I, I don't think I have all the answers there. Um, but one thing that I will say, um, because as a mama, I feel it like, um, and I feel like it's, it's, it's part of a, a conversation that has been floated around. Um, and that's the fact that probably, and again, going back to that curtain of shame, realistically and I don't know if it was the same for you Ainsley but um growing up the whole discussion on your period getting your first period like sex ed like back in the day when I was at school and I, I say that and I feel like really old but I'm, I'm really I'm not but um <laughs> but when no but when I like I just see such a shift now like having ki- my own kids in school to when I was in school so back in the day when I was in school we didn't touch on sex education or the female body or health or until very, very, very late primary school. I would say like year seven to year eight, mm-hmm. um, to be very honest. Whereas now, like my daughters are currently in year four here in Australia and um, they're having the conversations at year five because these kids are now having their periods a lot earlier mm-hmm. because of the change in food quality. Um, you know, they say... Um, you know, because of the pesticides or whatever that, you know, they, they're just saying like, this is basically a result of how our culture has changed and there's been a shift. Um, but, and it's quite funny, like speaking to my friends, I'm like, oh, like my kids are only like 10. I don't want to start having that chat. However, I think as a parent and as a mum, I have that responsibility and not just as a mum. And I think this goes with any conversation that I do not have the right to choose what conversation is going to be comfortable and uncomfortable and pick and choose according to to that and just say, meh, that conversation's an uncomfortable one. So I'm choosing not to have it. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. The fact of the matter is that as a parent, I have a responsibility, um, as a mum, because I know how I want my kids to be raised. Like I want them to be well-informed. So I feel like I have the response. It's not the responsibility of a teacher or a school or any other system to teach my kids that it's my responsibility. However, back in the day, I don't feel like there was a a, a huge discussion around um, periods and cycles and all the rest of it. Like I know that you know, and my mum's a nurse and my mum's absolutely an incredible woman. Like she's amazing. She, she works in Aboriginal health. And now like I have as a grown up, um, you know, I have a very open, open communication and open conversations with her about a range of things. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I don't know if it was the fact that I had both my parents were really hardworking parents. So, you know, they were, um, like anyone juggling life. Um, 
And I remember my, my mum had a, a small discussion about it, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think there was such a major emphasis on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think it's really important to start that emphasis a lot earlier on and have like, have that conversation with your own kids and, or, um, you know, if kids are comfortable with you, depending on your relationship, like, you know, um, I had, it was quite funny. I remember being a swim school, like swim instructor and I had one of my young girls, um, got her first ever period mm. and her mum like she and I was like I didn't realize like and she's like oh she's she was with me um we we're also close friends but she was with me um and she got her first ever period and she um tried and I, she come in and she was like white pale and she's like can I call my mum and I was like yeah yeah honey like yeah no worries like call your mum she tried calling her mum about 10 times and she's like she went really quiet She's like, I can't get a hold of my mum. And I'm like, oh, where would your mum be? And she's like, oh, my brother was, um, his wife was in labour, so maybe she's at the hospital. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, so um, is it okay if I just hang with you? I'm like, yeah. And then she's like really quiet. And I'm like, are you okay, babe? Like, you know, are you okay? And she's like, um, I, I, I might have an issue and I, I, I need your help. And I'm like, I was like, okay. And she's like, yeah, so um, I think I've got my period. And I was like, I think I went white. I think I went, I was like, no, 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 this is not happening. I was like, let's try and call your mum again. So we literally then went on to try and call her mum another five times because I was trying to call her mother. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like that's, you know, I was like, okay. And so anyway, like I gave her some... Uh, I think some sanitary items or whatever. And she was okay. And um, she's like, oh, do you mind if I just hang here? And I'm like, that's completely fine. Um, and now like her mum still laughs about this to this day. Cause she's like, when I calm it, like, she's like, you were so pale because I had to have the whole, like I just said, like, you know, I, and I didn't go into detail cause I, it was not, I didn't feel like it was my responsibility, but what I did do was I was very, um, very open to the fact that open communication and having relationships with people is a good thing. So, you know, I just started asking the question, like, are you okay? Is there anything else you would like to know that you feel that, you know, that you don't want to discuss with mum or, you know, um, or, you know, is there anything else you want to ask? Um, I was like, I'm okay with that. Um, but again, uncomfortable conversation. Like I was sitting there and I was like, please don't ask me, please don't ask me, please don't ask me, please don't ask me anything. Um, you know, so I, I think like, yeah, I, I, I just think, um, I think that's where I think really young, the younger you can start that whole mind body connection. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that comes back with the, the open communication, you know, and it comes back as a parent, having that open communication as, as a kid with your mum or your dad or, um, and, and you might not, be lucky enough to have that and that's okay but have you you should be able to find someone that's a safe person around you and so find that safe person and know that it's okay to ask those questions um and it's okay to try things and 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 have a play and just and see what works for you what like do you know what I mean like play in regards to even like moving your body play Mm -hmm. you know it just comes back to that whole mind body connection like and you don't know unless you, you attempt something. Yeah, that's true. So. Just try things. Um, 
I love that. There's so, there's so many good resources there. I'm going to leave a link in the podcast because, um, I'm going to bring you back to talk more about that, um, in another episode for sure. But, um, one of the exercises that we spend a lot of time doing as, as PN coaches, um, Mm -hmm. is that mind body connection, not just in movement, but just in, um, just sitting and just being mindful and spending time with how does our body feel and that like kind of like five minute mind body scan where we're just like Mm -hmm. um and those are really powerful tools as well do you have a favorite that you use either with yourself or your girls that's kind of like a quick little like let me just check in with myself that people could maybe use if they're listening um yes i am I won't, again, I, I will say that I'm a work in progress, um, but I do love to use like meditation um, just to check in. Um, there's, you know, my meditation might change from day to day. I might be doing like a whole body scan. There might be days where I just want to zone out. So I listen to um, a meditation track. Um, but then in knowing myself, I sort of have a play with what works also for my girls. So, for example, um, at a bedtime, my girls started to become really like agitated. Um, I know as they're getting more tired, they get really restless um, and all the rest of it. So I've been really big in the past um, couple of years, especially with high stress and all the rest of it um, and the stress of moving for them, um, mm-hmm. that our route, our bedtime routine is really um, it's surrounded by, you know, they'll have dinner with us um, and then they might have a couple of moments like afterwards to enjoy, like, you know, they have an isopole or something like that. And then I'm like, okay, all right, now's time to go to bed. Um, however, they're not on iPads or anything like that. They're literally, it's bed. They're reading a book um, is our big routine. So we send them to bed, go and read a book for five minutes and that book of their choice. Um, some days the girls turn around and like, mom, we don't want to read. And I'm like, okay, so what would you like to do? And they're like, can we do some coloring? And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because again, I feel like it's them winding down their bodies. Um, So it's connecting that whole, okay, our brains need to wind down from the day. Um, And then my latest thing with them has been meditation as well. So I play like a kid's meditation at a night time, especially on the nights where they're they're coming out like, mum, we need water. Mum, we need to go to the toilet. Mum, this hurts. I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) We're not doing it. When we are not doing this tonight, you are going to bed. So I was like, you are tired. You just need to stop for a moment. Um, And we also use like the whole box breathing as well. I've used with them. So I'm like, breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four. So I'm like, just imagine a box. Um, So they do that. So, um, and I feel like it's just little things like that, that make a big difference down later on down the track. Well, I hope it will for them. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, it's been working for us. So that's, that's sort of what we, what we go with. I like it. That's so great. Now I want to add coloring to my bedtime routine. Um, I love coloring. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I might do that. I have some coloring books. Um, yeah, very cool. Um, so many great things. If you had one piece of actionable advice, um, I think you actually have kind of already given that um, with, with just, you guys can utilize all the things. If it works for kids, it'll probably work for you too. Um, mm-hmm. but if you have, if people wanted to follow you because you do put out some really great content and you have some really cool challenges, um, and thanks to the internet, they can find you, um, and yes. 
where would they go to find you on the interwebs and the social medias? <laughs> um, so currently, really, the only thing, the two things, I, the two platforms I have active is my Instagram account and my Facebook account. Um, and that's just all more to fitness. So more M-O-O-R-E and the number two and fitness. Um, however, I will, my website is a work in progress. So eventually my web, well, I do have a website. However, I've not, um, I've taken it down for a moment cause I'm working on it, um, behind the scenes. Um, and that will just be the same. So www.mortofitness.com.au. Perfect. And I will put all of that in the show notes so you guys know how to spell it. Um, Carly, you're one of my favorite people. If you um, had somebody to recommend that you'd want them to follow besides yourself, your awesome, wonderful self, who would that be? Um, I would say, I would say you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, no, I would say, I don't know. I'm all about like lifting up women in our fitness industry. So the ones that I really follow, um, follow quite closely are the ones that have really made the biggest impact for me um, because I feel like that's really important. I feel like following those that are uh, impacting your life in a way that you feel empower, empowered and elevated further. So I feel like those social, um, you know, some of those social accounts that you follow can just make you feel a bit meh. Um, so I've done a, I, I done, especially when I was going through um, a whole heap of stress, I um, actually went through and culled a heap of, just social accounts that I didn't feel were a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. um, so the ones that really, really are just, just absolute legends. Um, so Nadia Norman. Yes. Um, because she's just, she is amazing. She is, she's just, yeah. What can I say? I can't. Yeah. She, she, in Australia, she is the, uh, a woman to watch, um, but she definitely empowers and, um, elevates anyone that's in contact with her, um, whether men, women, um, but she's all about, you know, very much um, pro-women um, and um, just making sure we have the confidence to fulfil, you know, our, our passion and our purpose. Um, another one would be um, Alicia Smith. So she is my mentor from Animal Flow. And she is, oh, if I could bottle that woman up, she is just <laughs> amazing. She is like, I, I, I just, I have, like, I've done two workshops, like face-to-face -face with Alicia now. And I feel so, so much gratitude and um, so thankful that our paths cross because in Walk This Woman and, um, and her given statement was like, I remember level one, she was like, okay, so see that door over there? And I was like, we all sort of like looked at the door and we're like, yep. And she's like, leave your expectations out there. Like, let's deal with the reality and let's deal with what we have. Let's deal with where you're at. And that's okay. Like wow. just one foot in front. And she was, and I, I, I even still now, like I have conversations with her um, and my last workshop with her where she just, just, she just unleashes these ravels of like, knowledge bombs and I'm like how is it possible for one tiny person because she's like she's about my height she's tiny she's beautiful but um I'm like how how does how how can you retain so much information 
and just be, she's just, again, she's someone that elevates and empowers and she's all for elevating people in the industry. She's, you know, she never, ever dims the light on anyone else. Like, and all these women that I follow are never about like, um, they never, uh, their focus on their business is never, ever about competition. And that's what I'm hugely about as well. It's all about just, they're staying in their own lanes and they have something to say and they say it and, and, and they're just amazing. So I, I would say those two women are like my top two. Um, and of course I love, um, Brene Brown. So oh, yes. yeah, she's, she's shame and guilt and stuff. She's the woman oh, too. And she's so yeah. out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they'd, they'd be my three. They're my, my top three. I love that. Thank you so much. That's great. Um, I'll add those in the show notes too. So you guys know how to spell all their names, um, and follow them, but, um, go follow Carlene as well. Cause she is phenomenal. Um, and um her you have a couple of catchphrases that i've kind of picked up from you uh, one of them was um ebb and flows um ebbs and, flows. Ebbs yep. and flows and um you say go with the flow often she's a very like if i if you were to just just hear her and you've never like really interacted with her i would just imagine that she's like this like super like flowy surfer like just hang out on the beach and just vibe out with people all day and just like just kind of exist in the world because she's just so into the flowing and she does it so well <laughs> which you which is hilarious because i i i have never ever standed on like stood up on a surfboard i haven't even i don't even think i don't even recall like i don't even think i've yeah no definitely not so it's, yeah, it's quite funny but that's okay. right well, you just swim though. So there's that. So yes, yeah, I know there's that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, but yes, I, I love your, your catchphrases and your, your ups and flows. Um, just, you're such a light and you have such a beautiful heart for your girls and the work that you do and working with women. And as you say, elevate and inspire and empower them. Um, so I just, I'm excited that you're doing this. I'm excited you're doing it from across the, across the world there. Um, and that we have this wonderful connection with the internet to that. I even got to meet you. Um, yeah, you guys can tell I interview a lot of precision coaches cause we all have kind of the same little hive mind there core values. Um, so mm -hmm. excited to bring you back and talk more about animal flow. I guess you guys have probably heard that mentioned several times this podcast. I was hoping we have enough time to get into it, but I really want to give it its own do and credit so you'll need to follow carlene um to find out more about that it's a phenomenal um just way of moving your body that i think is so cool and she presents it in a beautiful way and so i'm excited to bring her back to talk more about that but if you're curious hit her up ask her questions she has a great way of explaining it and um i think are you still are you doing zoom flows right now is that something people can like book to learn more about that or how are you navigating that right now um i have been well i have so i've been doing um just a zoom it's more been just a private session but i'm completely open to i'm open to whatever whatever you know whatever happens again go with ebbs go with flows whatever <laughs> um so no right now um i'm actually just in the process of um relaunching my little business here in my new town so it's um it is a work a work in progress i feel like that's life in general um however um i will be doing uh live animal flow classes in the hope that um 
that people just fall in love and have this passion for this movement that I've, I'm definitely not perfect. Like my form is terrible. Um, so if you watch Alicia Smith, if you go to Animal Flow, go onto their Instagram, Instagram account and look up um, or any of their videos. But if you see any of the um, videos which they put on quite often or they share links up, um, and I think on Instagram her following is It's Alicia Smith but you watch her form and she is incredible. Like the movement that that woman does. And so then you'll see my flows and be like, girl, what is that? That's just not okay. No, no I love it because I'm trying. I'm trying. very relatable. Like, okay, I'm just a beginner. I've never done this. And she makes that yeah. accessible. Sometimes watching, like it's beautiful to watch, but sometimes watching this film, like, I don't know if I'll ever get there. Like, so it's, it's all good. We all, it's all a journey. And that's one of the things that's very relatable to me almost in like yoga. Like it's just, it's your practice and you just show yeah. up and bring yourself and you, and even if you could do something yesterday or a month ago, mm-hmm. you might not be able to today. So it's really, it's not about that competition. It's just showing up and just letting your body do what it needs to do that day, which is why I love practices like animal flow and yoga, because it is yep. much just, Hey buddy, what are we doing today? Um, yep. And there's, there's really nothing else to that. So I love that. Um, that's another great way to connect with your body. If you are looking for an actionable and you learn better moving, um, animal flow is a great way to connect with your, with yourself that way too. So, oh, it's been a pleasure. It's been such a great, oh, thank you for doing this now at the end of, um, 2020 here and we've, we're getting to the end of the year. Um, and here we are connecting. Cause I know we started at the beginning of this year, like, okay 2020 and then we we're like oh no covid and then we were like oh it's the end of the year we are here yeah. we made it and this is what we're doing so i'm glad we're wrapping up this year together it's exciting um not sure entirely i think this episode probably is coming out this month in december um so soon so um yep we to ring in the oops. new year with you in 20 yeah sorry oops you're good you're good no, no, no. I keep, yeah. So I am, um, yeah. So I will have to cut it short because I think the school's actually calling me for my daughter, oh, one of my daughters. So, there, so I will, I will have to cut off, but, um, I definitely want to chat to you more about like, um, animal flow, body connection, oh. yoga, like how you can get more into it. So, um, let's hook that up. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, the last, I think my, my leaving piece would just be like, um, I don't know, Ainsley, she's an amazing coach. And I was very, very lucky that I had her at one of the worst, uh, most stressful situations of my life. And I think like this woman is an absolute angel. She's a legend. So um, definitely follow you and follow the things that you are. Yeah, you're just going to do amazing things. So I would, I would, I would say if you have not got Ainsley as a coach, hook, hook up because um, yeah, yeah, you'd be doing yourself a favour. Oh, thank you. That is, that's glowing reviews. I can't thank you enough for that, but um, thank you so much for being here. We'll connect again soon. Go say hi to your girls. And as always, yeah, light and love. um, And we'll see you next time on what in the wellness. So next time. See ya. Bye.
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening today. If you're interested in being a sponsor or a patron of this podcast to help us develop more resources and get more exciting things out into the world about the global perspective on integrative wellness and health, please feel free to reach out via email or message. And I look forward to seeing you and the new subscribers that you're going to bring to the podcast as we go along on this journey. Thank you so much for being here and I wish you all the best and light and love as you continue throughout your day today.